Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The List. As always, my name is Brett, and on the other end of the tin cannon string is Jordan. Jordan, aside from me giving you made-up stats, how are you doing today? Uh, It is college football conference championship week. I am going to a Dolphins road game. Um, So it is a great, great Wednesday afternoon. And as always, Zach Jackson is producing for us, and Zach will be happy to know Syracuse is very quick. Hired a new head coach this week in Georgia defensive back coach Fran Brown. Uh, Jordan, I'd talk more about this, but I don't really know much about him to really give an opinion. Um, I can see what AI thinks about him. You can do Hold that on. too if you'd like. Let's see. What do you think about, what is it, Fran Brown? Yep. Okay. Fran Brown, as a general name, could refer to multiple individuals, and without specific context, it's challenging to determine which Fran Brown you're inquiring about. One moment. I am talking about the new Syracuse football coach. Let's see. He's doing research with Bing. Uh, Now it's searching for Fran Brown, Syracuse football coach 2023. Um, it gave me a check mark. He's been appointed the new head football coach at Syracuse University. Prior to this role, he served as a defensive backs coach at Georgia University or University of Georgia for two years. He succeeds Dino Babers. Uh, he's known for his remarkable skills in recruiting and has been recognized as the nation's top recruiter. He was a key member of the coaching staff for the 2022 College Football National Championship team. Uh, in addition to his professional accomplishments. He is also noted for his New Jersey roots. Nothing screams Western New York like getting someone from Camden, New Jersey. (laughs) But I hope it works for you, Zach. And uh, yes, I'm going to mention Syracuse a lot more with all your Michigan bashing. But guess what? We get to talk about Michigan a little bit more today. And we will get into that in a second. But Jordan, I shared a tweet with you earlier today. And this was from PFF. And they were talking about the Eagles and Bills game, and they mentioned a stat called noise-canceled score, which if you look at that, the Bills won 31-22. to Now, like I said, this is something you'd think was made up, but per PFF, noise-canceled score is a score that accounts for how efficiently the offense moved the ball, putting less emphasis on noisy things uh, such as turnovers and special team swings. When you hear that, what thought goes through your head? Uh, I think it should be added to uh, the list of things that people use um, to think that the Buffalo Bills are not uh, an average football team right now. Um, it's, I think it's, it's like EPA, where it's like, oh, this is all hypothetical points. Yeah, it's, it's like whose line is it anyway? Uh, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Um, it's... <laughs> the fact that they said um, <laughs> wins and losses are deceiving uh, in a league where wins and losses honestly decide everything. Um, I think Sean McDermott's going to lose his job. Um, and I don't think that stats can show it. I think the stat I saw uh, was that the Bills have a 15% chance to make the playoffs. Um, yep. I think the stat I saw that if the Dolphins win the next three games, uh, which the Dolphins are going to be heavily favored in every one of their next three games. Uh, if the Bills lose one more game in that stretch, we clinch the division. Um, I think I see statistics that 
Uh, we're a lot better than the Buffalo Bills, despite what happened in that one game where we lost 48-20. Um, I think in the NFL, every single person that's involved in football knows uh, one, one week doesn't make a season. Um, and what the Buffalo Bills have shown to this point in the season, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of change and a lot of turnover in Buffalo. I agree, but I will be honest, as a Dolphins fan, I hope they fire McDermott. I actually think that's a big mistake. Like, yes, we've talked about before, they have not done a good job replacing Dable. They did not do a good job replacing Leslie Frazier. But he's been their best coach at least since the 90s. So you got to give them a chance. But if they want to be reactive like that and think that they have a window that's not really open anymore, but they still think it's open, be my guest and do that. Yeah, um, I don't. I think that teams, when they're at the level the Buffalo Bills are at, and the the Bills were going up, they were going up, and they've kind of plateaued a little bit, um, and they've kind of sat, kind of in the same spot. And, and this happens with teams. This happens uh, with a lot of higher end teams, and you see them just flatten out. And that's what you see from them this year. And unfortunately, when a team flattens out like that. You, you have a couple ways you can go. There either needs to be a little bit of a roster overhaul, which I think they will because they have a bunch of old players, and uh, I think they make some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and also, there's a chance they fire their coach. Um, they already fired Ken Dorsey. I'd be curious to know uh, if that was solely a McDermott move um, or, if, or the consultation he had on that. Um, because he was a guy that I couldn't really see as the huge issue in Buffalo. Um, so I think McDermott is definitely heavily on the hot seat. Um, but like we said about Robert Sala on Monday, um, I'd also like to see them fire McDermott. Um, I'd like to see the Jets fire Sala, and I'd like to see the Patriots fire Belichick. I think um, all three uh, aren't horrible coaches. Um, and are set with rosters um, that aren't capable of winning right now. Speaking of Belichick, don't know if you saw this, but uh, everybody's favorite former beat writer who's up in Boston, Ben Volan, linked Belichick with the Carolina Panthers today. Yeah, I saw that. It was um, one of the former players. Didn't he say um, that Tepper was going to try to get him? Was it Cam? Might have been. I think, that, I think that was the quote, the Cam Newton um, came out and said he knows David Tepper and knows Tepper is going to do everything he can to get Belichick. Yeah, Tepper's making the normal dumb mistake that new owners makes where you think you know a lot and you're just star chasing. Um, feel bad for Bryce Young and the fan base, but it's nice when it's not you for once. It is nice when it's not you, isn't it? We're, it seems like we're the one stable team in the division. Hey, I'll take it. After uh, everything we've dealt with the last, really since the 90s with uh, Wayne, Mr. Hizanga, great guy from all accounts, but he also starred chased, uh, went after Nick Saban, didn't hire Mike Tomlin because he did, he wanted an offensive coach and gave us Cam Cameron. And then we all know Stephen Ross's different escapades since becoming a ho- an owner, the Harbaugh situation, the Brady situation, the Peyton situation. Hiring Philbin. So uh, luckily, we uh, lucked into the McDaniel hire, it seems. 
Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think we're going to be set with McDaniel for a, a decent amount of time. Okay, now we are going to go into our picks. Um, as Mr. S nicely sent me the records, in college I am 39 and 21. You are 39 and 21 as well, so we are even college. I took the lead in the NFL, though. 40 and 20 is my record. 5 and 0 last week. You are 37 and 23. So we are right neck and neck with college, with, uh, with both, really. And, uh, but we're going to do something different. Normally, we do four in a wild card. Since it is championship weekend, we're going we're gonna to pick the same games uh, since there's five Power Five conferences, five championship games. If we could do that, but just have a little fun. We can add a prop bet to each. Uh, Jordan, I was going to let you. Uh, I, I had two different ways I, wanted, uh, I thought about doing this. Don't know how you thought about doing this. Um, two thoughts where we pick the games and then we each add a prop bet we think about. Or we want to pick the game and then alternate the prop bet, us picking a prop bet for the game and then we pick the prop bet. Uh, let's alternate. Let's alternate. Okay. Um, no, no. You know what? And we're going to add this into the competition. Uh, we're running out of picks for college football. Um, let's each give a prop. Um, and I, live on air, am going to go and look at prop bets um, and figure it out by the time each game comes to me. Okay. So... Well, I say prop bets. We're going to do a couple different things because I already got one for the first game I have listed, which I didn't realize was Friday until t- earlier today. The Pac-12 championship game between the Washington Huskies and the Oregon Ducks. Washington is undefeated. We know Everybody who listens knows that you and I are big fans of Michael Penix. Uh, Roma Dunze has quickly become moved up to my number two receiver in the draft right now. Just really good what he's what he's been doing. Oregon is arguably, though, the best team in college football right now. And uh, Bo Nix is probably, like, I believe you said it earlier this week or last week, Jordan, he's probably finishing second in the Heisman voting. He has worked his way up into first-round selection, uh, first-round candidacy as a quarterback. Uh, Will Stein, who is the offensive coordinator for Oregon, is is a favorite to get a head coaching job somewhere. This offseason, maybe a year too early, and I have talked about my love for Bucky Irving as a running back. Despite how good Oregon has been playing, I am picking Washington to complete the undefeated season and get lock up their spot in the bowl in the uh, Final Four. And my prop bet, because you got Penix and you got Knicks, I'm going and saying... I am going to say there will be over 13 passing touchdowns between the two of them in this game. Over what? 13 passing touchdowns, so between them. Over 13? So you think somebody's throwing seven? Yes. You think somebody's throwing seven? You think both are throwing seven? I think at least one of them will. That's the craziest stat I've ever heard. And so I'm sitting here looking at actual prop bets, and I was about to give Bo Nix over two and a half passing touchdowns, and you go out there and say they're going to combine for 14 touchdowns? Yes. You think the Bo game Nicks. is going to end up You yes, think the game is going to end up 56 to 54 or something like that? And that's I do. not even counting the rushing touchdowns. So this yep. game is ending in the 60s? 
I think so. I think neither team can really stop anybody. Bo Nix. So yes, against Oregon sorry, State, not the sixties. You think it's ending in the in the hundreds? No, I think there's going to be thirteen total t- total uh, passing touchdowns. I think they're going to stop the running, and I think there'll be thirteen between the two of them. Guys, the over under of this game is sixty five and a half points. I'm just saying. I think there's going to be over a hundred. I'm going to see right now what you can get at there being over a hundred points in this game. Uh, let's see if I can change this. Hold on. Sit with me here. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I love it. I think that's edgy as fuck. Um, I'm going. I'm first on air, but that's great. Oh, that is unbelievable. So let's see what we can get here. Um, You can get one team to score 40 minus 140. Um, (laughs) Washington's total points in Vegas is 27 and a half. I just have a feeling you're going to see a big shootout and there will be over 13 passing touchdowns. All right. So um, let me get back to uh, reality here. Um, I love it. I think that's probably my favorite pick you've made all year. Um, I actually, while you were talking, you said you think Bo Nix is going to end in second place. Um, Bo Nix right now in Vegas is minus 200 to win the Heisman. I think um, it's going to end up being Jaden Daniels I th- at this point. I think it should be Daniels uh, based solely off of – I heard an interesting take recently. I forgot where I heard it. It was on a podcast I was listening to. Um, but they were talking about how this um, this season for Jaden Daniels is a lot like the season that Tebow won the Heisman. The Gators weren't that good, uh, and the team was literally just all Tebow. Uh, I, I get that. Um, but right now, Bo Nix is minus 200. And if Michael Penix goes into this game and wins the game and has a good game, I don't think you cannot give it to him. I don't think you cannot give it to the guy that went undefeated, beat Bo Nix twice, made the playoff over the guy, maybe with better stats. So it is the Heisman, is it a statistics award or is it a leader of your team award? Because if it's an MVP, you got to give it to the guy that's in the playoff to me. But then such a ridiculous year. I mean, if Oregon wins, then yes, I think it, if all of them have losses, then I think you give it to Jaden Daniels. But I think if, so I, I don't think Bo Nix really has a way unless Bo Nix <laughs> throws for eight touchdowns and they beat Washington. Um, but as I scrummage here and have to find another stat, um, I'm going to go, uh, with a little, uh, rushing total. Um, I'm going to take Bo Nix over 11 and a half rushing yards. Um, that's, it looks like it's about even money right now, a little bit of juice. Um, but I think that the way this game will set up, I think he'll scramble once or twice. Um, he'll go for a first down, uh, and, Unless I get fucked by the uh, kneel downs at the end of the game, I'll take Bonix over 11 and a half rushing yards. And I also like Bonix over two and a half passing touchdowns. You had him with 70 passing touchdowns. Yep. So, no, I'm so, just telling you, I have a feeling. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds over. Like, I just have a feeling that there's, it's going to be a 
passing game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think they're between the two of them. I think at least one one of the two will get six, if not seven. I truly believe that, and I think the other will not be too far behind. That's crazy. hundred and ten points. We'll I see. would love to see that on a Friday night. hundred and ten points. I'm gonna when we watch the game and I tweet out Friday night because the score is seven to zero at halftime. Oh, I'm gonna be laughing my ass off. Mr. S is yelling at me and in private, so I will revi- I will revise it. I'll just I'll bring it down. <laughs> no. I'll bring it I'll bring it You're down. Not to revising 10. It. You're I'll not bring revising it. I'll bring it down 10 just because he's yelling at me. I want to go with over. I want to go with 13 because I do believe it, but he is yelling at me, oh. so I will go down no to 10. Balls. No balls. No, 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 no. Okay. We're, we're acknowledging that it's ridiculously high, but you are I definitely saying you, you get one of two things, Brett. You get okay. over 13 touchdowns or you get over 100 points. You get one of the two. Okay, I'll say over 100 points. I do think it'll be high scoring. Okay. Give Brett over 100 for a plus 1,000. Yeah. I'm telling you, it sounds weird, but I just have a feeling it's going to be one. It's going to be a very high scoring game. Brett, what you should do is bet on over 100 plus 1,000. And if you win, come meet us in DC for the game. Okay. Okay, now, next game I have listed is Louisville-FSU. FSU, as we all know, quarterback Jordan Travis got hurt last. I'm cracking up. (laughs) Mr. S already updated your college football betting record. (laughs) Note the loss of over 100. Okay. I'm just saying, you guys talk, but I have a feeling. You guys can laugh all you want. All right, what's on the next to, game? But on to Louisville versus Florida State, like I said. Jordan Travis got hurt. Devastating injury. I don't even know the backup for Florida State's name. I don't think it matters. He looked awful Rod- last week. Rodemaker. Rodemaker. Um, of course, Louisville goes and messes up the small chance they have of getting into the playoff by losing to Kentucky. A Kentucky team, excuse me, that thought that they were losing their coach. So we've talked about on Monday, Mark Stoops had allegedly told his team that he was leaving for AM before that fell through. Um, I do think that Louisville does win this game. I just think the quarterback makes a difference. Uh, Jake Plummer. Or Jack Plummer, not Jake Plummer, uh, has been good following his coach and offensive coordinator from Purdue to Louisville. Now, looking at prop bets, because this is one I didn't feel as good about, um, I am going to say that Keon Coleman will finish above. Five catches for 100 yards with at least a touchdown. Yeah, I think that going into this game, um, I don't think the Louisville loss affects them because I don't think they were going to make the playoff. 
Um, I think they have too many teams to jump, and too many of those teams that they have to jump are playing each other. Um, it, it, it's a weird game because Louisville is actively better um, than the Gators team that had Florida State on the ropes last week. Um, I don't think Rodemaker played as bad as people think. Um, I think he eased into the game, and in the second half, he was definitely a little uh, more settled down and took a big hit late and came back, um, made a couple big throws. Um, but I think that the worst thing that happened to Florida State was Louisville losing the game last week. Uh, I think that's going to motivate them. Uh, I think they're going to come into this game fired up. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be very close, um, but I think uh, Louisville wins the game. Uh, I think they win probably by, let's say, six, and Florida State can't score a touchdown late. Um, my prop bet uh, is Jawar Jordan, the Louisville running back. Uh, anytime touchdown, it's sitting at even money right now. Uh, Jawar Jordan has 13 touchdowns on the season. Um, and they'll... Last week against Kentucky, even in a loss, he had two. Um, he's a guy that carries the ball a lot. Uh, if, if he's getting 15 carries um, and Florida State uh, is getting beat on the run again, uh, Florida ran against them a lot last week. I expect uh, Louisville to do the same. I expect Louisville to keep the ball on the ground, especially deep in the, in the red zone where they can score. Um, I, I expect Louisville to run the ball. I expect Jawar Jordan to score. And I expect Louisville to win the game. Yeah. And so we agree on that one. On to the SEC championship game. This will be Alabama versus Georgia. Georgia's going for a third straight national championship game. Bama, they had a one less than 1% chance of winning the Iron Bowl last week and somehow won on a fourth and goal from like the 33-yard line after a fumbled snap to play before just that's the most Auburn thing to happen before that Alabama had been playing well but I think you're seeing where Jalen Milrow still has some weaknesses in games like this against two tough defenses I tend to go with the better quarterback and I think Carson Beck has been better than Jalen Milrow so I have Georgia winning and this is an interesting bet. Looking at different props, but I will take. After talking about Jalen Milrow, I will take him as the prop bet to be uh, Bama's leading rusher for the game. Interesting. We're going uh, a little bit on the same line with our prop pick, but not exactly the same. Um, first I'll tell you my prop bet and then I'll pick the game. Uh, my prop bet is going to be Jalen Milrow plus 375 to rush for two touchdowns or rush or receive, I guess, passing, not to score two non-passing touchdowns. Um, I think that in a game like this, um, Jalen Milrow's legs are going to be a huge advantage for Alabama. Um, I expect them to try to control the clock. Um, I expect them to throw, but to throw in smart areas. Um, I think the Auburn game was very good for Alabama. Um, I think if they would have came into this Georgia game just blowing teams out, um, it would have been a little different. 
Uh, but I think a very, very, very dangerous thing to face is a motivated Alabama. It just is. And for weeks now, I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I just can't get up to picking against Saban. Um, it's been a couple years. Uh, teams don't have runs for as long as Georgia is right now. Um, so I think Alabama goes into the SEC championship game and wins. Um, and I think we both – or I picked Oregon. I picked Alabama. If that scenario happens – and you have Washington go down, you have Florida State go down, and you have Georgia go down, it's going to be fascinating to see who makes the college football playoff. Would be the next team we're talking about, and that will be the Big 12 championship game, Texas versus Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State is a weird team. They Obviously, they played their best game in Bedlam against Oklahoma, won that game but then lost two straight before winning against BYU to get into the Big 12 against, uh, which will be Texas's last time. Quinn Ewers has been a very good player when healthy on a very stacked offense. I think Texas wins this. I really, really want it to pick Oklahoma State, but I just, Bedlam, Bedlam is their game. They, I just don't think they'll get up for this one. They may keep it close for a half, but I think that despite having Brennan Presley, despite having the uh, player of the year in the Big 12 in Ollie Gordon, I don't think they have the horses to keep up with with Texas, with Xavier, Xavier Worthy and Adani Mitchell, and uh, Finley if he's healthy, the tight end. So I am picking Texas to win. For a prop bet, I have Jordan Whittingham going over 30 receiving yards. So I think that on the list, uh, this game is deceiving because Oklahoma State had two crazy comebacks in the last few weeks um, and really looked horrible uh, in the game that I went to at UCF. Uh, I'm going to pick Texas. Uh, I think this is very cut and dry. I think Oklahoma State's going to struggle to move the ball. Um, I think Texas, uh, with Ewers back, is going to make a huge difference. Um, And I think that Texas knows that they need a probably five to six score win uh, to give themselves a better chance to to, to make the playoff. Um, so I, I think that if Texas is up, let's say midway through the third, I think you'll see them really try to put their foot down on the gas, um, and get a nice size victory. Uh, and, and we'll go from there, but I, I think it's going to be interesting, um, for Texas because I don't know, Oregon's been ranked ahead of Texas almost all year. Um, so if Oregon wins and Texas wins, I don't know that I can necessarily see or uh, Texas jumping Oregon. Um, so it, I, I'm fascinated. It's going to be really, really interesting uh, to see who makes this college football playoff after this weekend. I think you could see a scenario. Um, what happens? Texas wins this game, but Ohio State is still ranked ahead of Texas. I think Texas will jump Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State has no chance to make it. 
But I think you can make a case by the end of the weekend, you can make a case for Georgia, Michigan's very, very, very likely locked in, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. That's seven teams right now uh, that you have four slots for. Yeah. I think it's clear with how the ranking went that the committee just doesn't respect Texas, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, Texas, in my opinion, I would have Texas higher, but based off how the committee views them, you would need one of Michigan and or Georgia to lose. You would also need – you'd basically have to need, have all the undefeated – you might have to have all the undefeated teams lose, or at least three of three of the four. So, if if the undefeated teams win—Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State—that's I think that's the, I think that's the playoff. Yep. If Florida State loses, do you? And if Florida State loses, Georgia wins, Washington wins. Texas wins. Texas gets in. Because then Oregon would have lost again and Alabama would have lost again. So do you put in 12 and 1 Texas or do you put in 11 and 1 Ohio State? I would put Texas in because they won the Cuz you're a Michigan fan? Not just that. Because I'm a, because of the conference uh championship. I think if you are a Power 5 team one lost team and you win your conference you should be in if there's any question i think the committee would take ohio state for two reasons one they have two quality wins to texas's one texas has the bama win ohio state has penn state and notre dame Second, and even then I think Notre Dame's kind of iffy, but people love Notre Dame. Then it comes down to the committee would do quality loss, and they will say Ohio State losing to Michigan makes them look better than Texas losing to Oklahoma. Now, what's really going to throw a wrench in everything is if Alabama beats Georgia. I think that Georgia... And you could correct me if you think I'm wrong. Georgia is the only team on the list that can lose this weekend and have a chance to make the playoff. I, I, think, if Mich- I think if Michigan loses to Iowa, that's a horrible loss. Indeed. If Washington loses to Oregon, they are not putting both of them in. No. If Florida State loses to Louisville, they're done. Yeah, honestly, I think the committee is looking for any reason to not put Florida State I agree. in Final Four. But no, I would now agree. Let me ask this. Is this the scenario where Ohio State gets in, Georgia beats Alabama, Washington beats Oregon, Florida State loses? So now you have one loss, Ohio State. Oh, I, I guess you'll still have Texas. So I think... So, Ohio, State, Ohio State needs Florida State, Oregon, and Texas, and Alabama to lose. Yes. I think, I think the committee wants to put Ohio State in over Texas. Kyle McCord sucks. He's not very good, no. 
Like I can't, that would be like putting a Notre Dame team in. I think, I think Oregon, I think any of Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida state has a great roster. Um, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. I think all of them can really compete for a national championship. And I think every single one of them, I think Florida state with Rodemaker would beat Ohio state. Very possible. Uh, Ohio state. They have a good team. Very good team. They have an, their fifth and sixth, probably first round wide receivers in the last couple of years. Um, but they are a finesse team. So I think Florida state could hang with them. I think the committee, if everything goes how the committee wants it, they want the final four to be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Alabama. I think that's what they want the final four to be. But in that scenario, it would have, because Georgia would lose in that scenario. It would be, you think it would be one Michigan, two Alabama, three Georgia, four. Well, they wouldn't make Alabama and Georgia two and three, would they? And make them play again? It would be, I think what they would do, they would avoid the Alabama. Michigan Michigan would have to be one. Yes. I think so. Would it be Michigan one, Oregon two, Alabama three, Georgia four? I think that's what the committee would do. That's fascinating. Yes. Now, but I still got to make my pick. So I picked Texas, um, and my prop bet very quickly is Adane Mitchell, Adane uh, Mitchell uh, to score a touchdown. He's about minus one thirty to score. Uh, he didn't score in their last two games. Before that, he had four in three games. Uh, he's a bigger receiver. Um, Xavier Worthy uh, has been struggling to score touchdowns. Uh, Mitchell has nine so far on the season. Uh, so I think uh, Mitchell scores a touchdown and Texas wins the game by a lot. Yep. Now on to the final game, the uh, Big Ten Championship, or 14, 15, 16, however many teams are in the Big Ten anymore. And that is Iowa versus Michigan. Uh, Jordan, last I checked, Michigan was a 21-point favorite, but the total points was like 30. I'm pretty sure that's changed, but credit to Iowa. They literally have won with defense and special teams. They, I don't know if you saw this, it did go viral, but their punter got the... uh, Joe Burrow send off leaving the uh on senior day. That would be uh Tory Taylor, the uh, Iowa punter. By far the best punter in the country. He is he is legit. We talk about weapons and special teams. He is a weapon. That's going to be a guy. You said it last week about the tight end for uh, Ohio State. I'll say it this week. Um yeah, that's going to be a guy I'm banging the table for. I'm banging the table for anybody not named uh, Jarrett Bailey. But um, I'm picking Michigan. It should be no shock. If Michigan can get to 20 points, they're winning. Iowa is the weirdest. If Michigan win. get to 10 points, they might win. They might. Iowa averaged, I think, 18.5 points for the season. They are not a good offense, and you're going up against – a very loaded 
defense. Um, apparently, I got our punter's name wrong. I don't really care, Mr. S. Um, Jake Bailey, sorry. It's that bad. I don't really care if I got the name wrong or not. Um, but Michigan's defense is going to is going to handle Iowa's offense. Anything else would be a disaster. As good as Iowa's defense is, Michigan's is better. I believe Michigan is the number one scoring defense in the country. Iowa's number three. So I'm picking Michigan. I don't think it will be very close. My prop bet's a weird one. The uh, I was looking at it, and I want to do something with Donovan Edwards. The, the popular prop bet is for him to get over 40 yards rushing. I'm going to up it and guess Donovan Edwards to get over 100 yards. Everybody was expecting big things from Donovan Edwards coming into the year. He's statistically been one of the worst running backs in the Power Five. And I think this is the game where he uh, finds his form again and goes for over 100. Uh, Brett, you can currently get Donovan Edwards over uh, 100 yards for plus 340 is what I say. Yep, he's um, been so was, he hasn't been good this year, like admittedly. But I think this is the game he comes through and he does have the talent to do it. Um so <laughs> I'm not picking Iowa. Um shocker. Uh I, I'm gonna read you some funny while I'm here looking at prop bets. Uh the Iowa football team, so for example, a normal game. Give me like an average offense that's playing this weekend, Brett. Give me an average offense. Of these offenses? Of any offense. Of any offense that's playing this weekend that you find to be average to below average. So I would say, well, I'll just go with all the teams in these these games. I would say they're all average at least 30 30 points, if not 35. No, no, no. Who do you think is the worst? Give me a bad one. Give me a different team that's bad. Oklahoma State, do you find them to be bad? Big 12 tends to be good. Let, what's, I'd say Louisville. Let's, I, I right. have a feeling Louisville has the worst of them. So Louisville. Louisville. Louisville to not score a touchdown. Okay? This weekend. Louisville to not score a touchdown is plus 1,200. That means if you bet $100 on Louisville to not score a touchdown, you'd win $1,200. Okay? Iowa, Iowa is minus 150 to not score a touchdown, which means Iowa is, there is a more likely chance Vegas thinks that Iowa won't score a touchdown than Iowa will score a touchdown. Um, (laughs) Iowa team total for the game is six and a half points. (laughs) Iowa's team total for the first half. Brett, you want to guess if their team total is six and a half? What do you think their first quarter total is? Zero. Their first quarter total. You can bet right now for even money, Iowa over 0.5 points in the first quarter of the game. That is the craziest thing that I have ever seen looking at a line. That is not good. 
And there's more of a chance, Brett, that Iowa scores 20 than Washington and Oregon combining for 14 touchdowns. Yeah. So, my bet, okay, my bet is going to be on Michigan. However, ironically, um, Mr. S kind of just alluded to um, what my prop bet is going to be. Um, my prop bet, I'm trying to find what it's going to be uh, from a... Um, oh, okay. So it will be plus 775. So bet 100 wins 775. That the first score of the game, the first score will be an Iowa field goal. Iowa will go up 3-0. Twitter will get a good five-second laugh. Then Michigan will be up 28-3 to before people can blink. Yep. This, and this is why, with the new teams coming in, the Big Ten is just doing away with the, with the uh, divisions because the divisions in the Big Ten are probably the most uh, uneven in college football, and it's not even close. How crazy is it that Iowa is currently the 16th best team in the country and <laughs> they beat Nebraska 13-10, Illinois 15-13, Rutgers 22-0, Northwestern 10-7, lost to Minnesota 12-10, 15-10 Wisconsin, 20-10 Purdue, 26-16 Michigan State, lost 31-0 to Penn State. This is wild, the fact that... Um, but, however, what I will say is it looks like a lot of games where they scored over six and a half points. There are, but they definitely do win a lot based off of, uh, like I said, defense and special teams. They've gotten a couple defensive touchdowns. Uh, Cooper do DeGene is... I love him. I love Cooper DeGene. Do you think, think that offensive hurt. coordinators... Oh, even worse, they're fucked. But he won't help them on offense, but he's... He's their only chance to score. He was the return um, specialist of the year, so that tells you. Do you think that a coach out there, a, a reputable coach, will want to take that offensive coordinator job just for the sole fact that scoring one touchdown a game will be an improvement? So my opinion on Iowa, especially when you look at what Tim Parker, their defensive coordinator, has done, if they can even get a mediocre offensive coordinator, I think they're a top. I think they're uh, contending for the playoffs next year, even in a new, even in the uh, new Big Ten. That's just how well coached they are. That's how good their defense is. That's how good their special team is. Te- teams are. If they get even a mediocre offensive coordinator, they'll be a play. They they will compete for the playoff. All right, I have another little prop bet for you here. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, Deacon Hill, the quarterback for Iowa. Deacon Hill uh, to, where is it? Deacon Hill to rush for a touchdown plus 1,800. There you go. That's the that's the nugget of the week. We'll see if but, it happens. My actual pick um, is Michigan, um, and my actual pick uh, is the first score to be an Iowa field goal. There you have it. Now, I am going to put you on the spot a bit real quick, Jordan. 
because this was tweeted out by PFF College today. As most people know, the extended playoffs for college football start next year. And PFF put their bracket out. So hypothetically, this would be what the bracket would look like for a 12-team playoff. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State would all have a bye because they'd be the top four. For a chance to play Georgia, you would have number eight Alabama versus number nine Missouri. Alabama wins. To play Michigan. Eight eight Alabama versus nine Missouri. Missouri would come into that game so hyped. Yep. Ooh, Missouri would really come up for that game. Um, A first round. That's like like a 5-12 college basketball game. Give me Missouri. To play Michigan, number seven, Texas versus number 10, Penn State. Texas. That would be close because Penn State's defense is right up there, but Durala is not ready. Penn State will be a team that's in in that bye conversation next year. I do agree with that. To play Washington, you would have number six, Ohio State versus number 11, Ole Miss. Uh, Ohio State wins a close game. Yep. And then to play Florida State, number five, Oregon versus number 12, Tulane. Oregon would destroy uh, Oregon would win that game. I like Tulane a lot. Uh, I've watched a lot of Tulane football. They're, they're a very impressive team. Uh, Oregon would be a horrible matchup for them. Yeah, and rumors are their head coach, Willie Fritz, might be going to Houston soon. Oh, that's a good, that's a good move for Houston. I saw him. Also, um, Jeff Trailer made a lot of sense for Houston. Um, but Willie Fritz would be a very good hire. There's uh, three finalists, those two. And I've I've the last one is one person said Cliff Kingsbury, but I don't think that's the case. But uh, well, either Fritz or Trailer would be good there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kingsbury would be a, an out-of-the-box hire. So. Um, it looks like Willie Fritz actually won uh, American Conference Coach of the Year today. So that's cool. Makes sense. Um, now we're going to, before we go into the NFL picks, and uh, there's a method to the madness of what the games I chose for us. Unfortunately, we all knew this was coming. Jalen Phillips went to IR. We signed Jason Pierre Paul. Thoughts on the signing? Um, I think we probably signed the player we feel most comfortable with. Um, like I alluded to on Monday, I think that Van Ginkle is going to spend a decent amount of time on the outside. I think his snap count will probably rise the most. Um, and for the times where he needs a blow or Chubb needs a blow, um, having a guy, a veteran like Pierre Paul, um, he, his sack totals haven't been there the last couple of years, um, but he's a big, long guy, um, can rotate in, play that Ogba-type role. Um, we needed to make a move. Um, I'd be interested to know uh, why they didn't call Melvin Ingram, uh, why they didn't call Robert Quinn. Um, why Pierre Paul? Um, if I if I had an answer um, to why Pierre Paul, it'd probably make a little more sense. Um, but I think he's the type of guy that um, you always want guys, veteran guys, uh, towards the end of the season come playoff time uh, that have been there before. So uh, Pierre Paul is a good body to have. Um, I hope he plays well. Um, and I hope that he can do a little bit of what Melvin Ingram did for us um, at the beginning of last season. So. Um, props to him and welcome to Miami. Yeah. If I had to guess, I know uh, JPP was on a practice squad. 
Um, I'm not sure if either Ingram or Quinn were on anybody's practice squad um, when they signed. So I think that might be a part. Yeah, could be. Okay. So all these games you're picking before the Dolphins game do have playoff implications. A couple of them actually could directly affect the Dolphins when it comes to seeding. Uh, the first game I have listed for us to pick is Denver versus Houston. Everybody knows Houston's riding high right now. They do have the runaway offensive rookie of the year in C.J. Stroud. And they have some nice young weapons, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Dalton Schultz continues to be a good, reliable tight end. Another guy I'm kind of a little upset we didn't look at in the offseason, but I digress. Denver has quietly won, what is it, five in a row, or is it up to six now? I think it's still only at five. I think it's five in a row. Five in a row. And Vance Joseph, as we said last week, maybe it was earlier this week, but he went from dead man walking after giving up his defense, giving 70 points up to us, to arguably having one of the better defenses in the AFC, at least during that cycle. And they should with the money they've spent on the defense. Interesting game. I don't think Denver goes to six. I've watched a couple of their games. They're efficient, but they still feel like they lack something offensively to me. Whereas Houston is very explosive. So honestly, I'm I'm just going for Houston just because of feeling. I just feel that they feel better to me than Denver. And I know, know that Denver is the hottest team in the league right now outside of Philly. Looking at Houston, um, they really felt like they should have won that game against Jacksonville last week. They felt like they were the better team. Um, they felt like they outplayed them. I know they felt a couple calls didn't go their way. Um, but this is a, a bounce-back game. And when you look at the Houston schedule, Houston plays – Tell me, you just tell me really quick, Brett, what, what you think, win or loss. You ready? Yep. Uh, he, Broncos, we both think it's a win. I'm going to pick Houston. Next week at the Jets, win or loss? Win. At Tennessee? Division, uh, I'm going to say win. Home against the Browns? Loss. Home against the Titans? Win. At the Colts? Loss. So you have them finishing at 10-7. and Ten and seven for this Texans team probably gets them in and probably wins D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. Um, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. S just told me that he has the Texans winning out. And I don't I don't disagree. If we had to come on here and pick, and I know we're gonna pick weekly for the rest of the year, but if we were picking Texans games for the rest it's of tough. the year, um, I would probably pick them to win every game. Yeah. Um the Colts so game I'm was tricky for me, and the Browns game is tricky, but the Browns, the only reason is because that defense is unreal. That that Houston-Indianapolis game, Week 18, that might be a, a winner-get-in game. Yep. How crazy is that? Two teams, obviously both rookie quarterbacks, Stroud playing, Gardner Minshew in. What a, I know a couple of Colts fans who are thrilled um, over that head coach. What is it? Striken? Stricken? I- Striking, striking. Yep. Yeah, that he is unbelievable. They love him. Um, it's a great thing going on in Indy right now. Um, hope Jonathan Taylor, um, 
gets well soon, I guess, if we want him to play against us. Um, but that's going to be a great game the final week of the season. Yeah. No, and those two teams are just proof of how much of difference a good coach and good coaching staff makes. They both did a great job of building their staffs. Now on to another two really good staffs as we have San Francisco versus Philadelphia Eagles. Talk about teams that are lucky. You, Jordan, we've seen a couple Eagles games. I've, I think I've seen more than you just because I'm in Pennsylvania, so they're always on local TV. But seeing so much of them, the one question I have is how does this team only have one loss? The talent is there, but they, they don't put complete games together. And if there's one team you do not want to put a com- not have a complete game against, it is San Francisco, who I feel is probably the best team in the NFL, despite Philly having a better record. I'm picking the Niners. They've got taken another step forward since the Chase Young trade defensively. They're getting people healthy on offense. And as good as Jalen Hurts is in quote-unquote crunch time, He's had, he has a turnover issue as well. He's putting the ball on the ground. He's throwing some untimely interceptions. He's got to deal with A.J. Brown's ego here and there. And they go away from the run a little bit more than you'd like to see. And the Niners are a team that you want to have to play a perfect game against, even at home. So I'm taking San Francisco. Um, looking ahead, uh... I mean, Philly's just coming off of Kansas City and Buffalo back-to-back, two very tough games for them. Uh, They trailed throughout the game, one late. Um, After this week in San Francisco, they play at Dallas, which continues their brutal stretch. Um, And then they go Seattle, the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants. Um, So they get kind of out of the kind of crosshairs as they enter the last four weeks of the season. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think the Eagles have enough momentum uh, right now that I think they get to 11 and one. I think they lose next week at Dallas. Um, and I think that Seattle game is a trap game for them. Um, but I think at home, uh, San Francisco coming across the country, um, this is a game uh, that the Eagles won last year. Um, San Francisco is going to come in very, very motivated for this game. Um, this is probably the game I'm the least confident in that I'm picking. Um, but I am going to pick the Eagles to win the game at home. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers have gotten a little something going. They have won two in a row, three out of the last four. And from what I've seen in Packland, they are starting to feel a little better about Jordan Love coming off of a three-touchdown game on Thanksgiving. A lot of that, of course, as many would have guessed, Christian Watson getting healthy has played a part in that. But the defense is really starting to get stuff going as well. The theme of the last couple of weeks has been Michigan. Rashawn Gary coming off of the three-sack game. He's showing his skill. And the uh, Packers do have a very good secondary. Kansas City, I know they're coming off of a win. Come from behind win against Oak, uh, Vegas. Not Oakland, but Las Vegas. They, again, just something seems off with them. And they're just their wins are getting lucky. Now, the thing they have going for them going against Green Bay is Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for the Packers, relies way too much on talent to win. He's basically the Matt Canada in terms of scheme on defense, where it's 
just beat your man. So I expect Kansas City's offense to get going a bit. However, Mr. S told me before the game he expects the Packers to have a late season run. And I agree with him, and I think it is starting with this game. I have the Packers upsetting the Chiefs, helping us out in the race for the number one one seed and winning. Uh, So looking ahead for the Packers, um, you get out of this game uh, with a win, and you got out of that stretch of Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, 3-0. Then you play the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears the rest of the season. That could be a situation where if the Packers win this week, they win out uh, and finish 11-6. and six. And what an unbelievable year uh, that would be for them uh, to finish 11-6. and six. Um, Going into this, when I started researching this game, I said to myself, no way am I going to pick uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Um, but when you really look at it and you really think about it, uh, the Packers have a lot of momentum. They looked really good on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and they even... In that loss that they had to the Steelers at the Steelers, didn't look bad. Um, I think the Packers are going to win this game. Um, I think that the Chiefs uh, and Buffalo are going to go into that game next week, both very desperate. Um, And I think that the uh, narrative of that game is going to be wild to watch and to talk about. Um, But I think the the Chiefs going to Lambeau, it's going to be cold. Um, It's a night game. Always a tough place to play. Uh, after the last week, uh, Green Bay is going to be rocking. Um, I, I think that the Packers also win this game. Okay, and next game on the slate, another game that does have implications for us is the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. While this does have implications, and I have not been impressed by Jacksonville, People keep talking up Trevor Lawrence, and he's just, he's not reaching the heights that you'd expect from the hype he's getting. Now, I did see a stat that whenever Zay Jones plays, Calvin Ridley has gone over 100 yards. So if Zay Jones is back, Calvin Ridley may be getting some big games coming again. Uh, I know my fantasy team has missed that a bit this year. I got to pick the Jaguars in this game. Cincinnati's defense is playing tough, but you're starting Jake Browning. Uh, yeah, Jake Browning's not winning the game. Uh, Monday night in Jacksonville, uh, the Jaguars won a big game uh, at Houston last week. Um, they have a chance, really, uh, when you look down the stretch, to do very well towards the end of the year. Um, I, I love reading these these breakdown schedules for the rest of the year. But you get out of this game, and you have two tough games for the Jaguars coming up at Cleveland and then home against the Ravens. Those are going to be very tough games um, to match up with Jacksonville, two physical games for them. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they dropped at least one of those games, um, if not both. Uh, so this is a game they need to win. Uh, I think that this is a game that the Jaguars are going to win by a couple scores. Uh, the line, The last line I saw in the game was the Jaguars minus eight. I think they cover that spread. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I do think the Jaguars are going to lose a game at the end of the season. They shouldn't lose. I just don't think this is it because Jake Browning just doesn't have it for for the uh, NFL. And that was the thing about him in college, too. I remember when he was at college, everybody's like, yeah, he's a he's a uh, 
game manager, but even in college, they were like, he, he has no shot in the NFL. So this is already better than he was ever expected to do. Yeah, and and I liked him a little early on in college. Um, and I don't think the uh, lights are too bright. I think he's going to, after this stint, be seen as a, a good backup quarterback. Um, but this isn't, the, this isn't the week for him. Yep. Now on to the main event, folks. Miami Dolphins versus the Washington Commanders. Um, Jordan, I am interested to see how this goes because if you look at PFF, you would think that Washington has a good offensive line. The top-rated offensive player for Washington this year is Sam Cosme, who's a guard, a guy I really liked out of Texas. And then the fourth, number fourth is their tackle, Charles Leno Jr. And their other tackle, Andrew Wiley, is their 10th-rated off, uh, offensive player per PFF. But if you look at other stats, this is a historically bad offense when it comes to sacks and pressure on quarterback Sam Howe. Now, I will openly admit these stats are a little outdated. This is a six-day-old article. But per this article, at the time this article was written, Sam Howe had been sacked 51 times. He's on pace to break. I think it's more. I think it's 52. I think he was, I think he was sacked more last week. Yep. When I saw it, it was 52. Okay, so he's been sacked more, but it's 51 times. Either way, he is on pace to get sacked 79 times, which would break the record that David uh, that was set been, by Houston. He's been sacked a total of 55 times this season. That's just ridiculous. 55 times. 55. So yeah, they're going to break the record that was set by the the uh, inaugural season of the Houston Texans. They give up a lot. While they do give up a lot of pressure, the one knock on Sam Howell is he holds the ball too long. He's not having a bad year. He has 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Looks like he has uh, 33, just over 3,300 yards passing. He does have a couple good weapons. Uh, looks like Curtis Samuel finally has started to have a bit of a uh, resurgent year. And Terry McLaurin, in my opinion, is one of, if not the most underrated uh, wide receivers in the NFL. So they, there are weapons that can take advantage of as own defense that we will be playing a lot. I am picking the Dolphins to win. I think it will be, I'm going to say 35 to 17. I think we will give up a couple scores late. The big thing here is Washington doesn't have a pass rush. Montez Sweat traded to Chicago. Chase Young traded to San Francisco. They don't really have much else to get to the pass rusher, although despite playing better than expected, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen going up against Eichenberg and Cotton still is a bit of a worry for me, but not as much as if they had outside edge rushers. So I think the story of the game will be we're going to get to uh, Sam Howe. They're not going to get to Tua. And I I expect another game where both Cheetah and Waddle will go over 100 each, and I think both will have at least one touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think that when you go into a game and what you can say about the two teams is that one team – has a horrible defensive line and a horrible offensive line. And the other team loves to rush the quarterback and loves to pound the football and, and has 
one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Um, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Um, I think that um, the last two weeks, not I think, I know, the last two weeks, uh, the Commanders gave up 31 to the Giants, and they gave up 45 to the Cowboys. Um, it looked like towards the end of that Cowboys game uh, that the Cowboys could just score at will. Um, they scored 25 points in that fourth quarter. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very similar game. Um, it's funny. You said that you think the Commanders um, are going to score a couple scores late. I think the Commanders are going to score a couple scores early. And the reason I say that is solely because of the fact that every away game I go to, um, the Dolphins are not very successful. Um, and although I think we're going to be very successful in this game, I think there's going to be a little bit of a scare early. I think they're going to make us sweat the first drive, two of the game. Uh, maybe we fumble, they score. Um, I think that the Dolphins win the game uh, 52 to 14. So a 50 burger. Wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, if something- I, I, just, I see a 50 burger just simply because I can't see them stopping the run. Um, I see this. I think Jeff Wilson will score a touchdown. Um, I can't see them stopping the pass. Um, I think you saying that both Tyreek and Jalen scoring um, are great. I see this as a game that they, they if we bring um, A-Chan along and want to give him some touches, um, I think will be a good game to bring him back if they don't want to wait till next week. Um, but I, I don't see a way uh, for them to really stop us. And But I do see uh, a guy like Curtis Samuel uh, giving us a little bit of problems. Um, I do see Logan Thomas uh, having a decent amount of catches. Um, I think Brian Robinson will have a little bit of a success. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think they have enough to score on us consistently with that offensive line. And I don't think they have enough to stop us at all defensively. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And from what I've seen, Hal tends to struggle when given when he's pre- like, It's easy to say, but when you blitz him, he, he doesn't deal with pressure. He doesn't deal with the stunts. Um, he also doesn't read coverage as well. Look, I think I saw that he's had against teams that play primary zone. He has like eight of his 14 interceptions. So this is a game. I also expect to see X and Ramsey, uh, even Holland. I expect, I wouldn't be surprised to see this be another multi-interception game for Howell. And it's funny. He's only had two multi-interceptions games, but the one against Buffalo, he had four interceptions against the giants. He had three. So I would not be surprised if it's another three to four interception game for him. Uh, but he is not, he is fearless. So he is going to be aggressive. And I do respect that. I do think they have something in how, um, so I'm interested to see the game, but I, I am expecting, I just think the dolphins, like you said, I think we just have way too much talent in areas that the commanders struggle against. It's interesting though. Cause if you look at the new article that I just posted on listpodcast.com. Um, where we let our good old friend ChatGPT break down and pick the game. Um, ChatGPT really likes Elijah Campbell this week. I asked it to provide an image. Uh, they put him as the image. Now you said we're going to get three or four picks. Uh, maybe that's kind of an omen. Um, look for Elijah Campbell uh, to make a big play. Um, it also had, and I'm trying to go through very quickly, um, the roster of the... Uh, Washington Commanders. It had a number 87 for them. Uh, I don't see a number 87 on their team. Um, so it has a made-up player. Um, so look for Elijah Campbell to score uh, a pick six and look for a made-up player. Oh, no, John Bates. 
tight end John Bates, backup tight end. Uh, look for him to be a breakout star as well. That would be a uh, very interesting game if John Bates has a breakout game. Um, but wouldn't be shocking. But we do need uh, some interesting stuff for Hard Knocks uh, week three. Speaking of which, have you seen either of the first two episodes? Yeah, I started to watch the last episode, and I got sad with the whole uh, talking about Jalen Phillips thing the whole time um, and, and had to get out of there. Okay, real quick, Mr. S had a prop bet where he says uh, Braxton Berrios will have a touchdown anytime during the game. Uh, Bar- Berrios is due for a touchdown. He's actually uh, he's actually due for a catch, too, it feels like. I don't remember last time Berrios was really involved in the offense. Yeah, it's been a while, and, and it's, it's funny because you saw early on um, in the preseason them use him a lot in the red zone. Um, but they haven't done it lately. Yep. But it is time for us to put someone on the list. We were going to put uh, Ben Solak on the list, Jordan, but it turns out he was already on the list from a couple weeks ago. Tells you how much you and I pay attention to who we put, who we do and don't put on the list, huh? Uh, yeah, we just kind of do it. Yeah. But, uh, Solak, we saw your top 10 quarterbacks. The fact that two is behind Kyler and Stafford. Not cool, bro. But nope. Brett Rossler's going Bryce Rossler, excuse me, is going on the list. And he is football he is in football research at SIS. And according to his Twitter page. What's his name? What's his name? Bryce Rossler. Yeah, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him either. Uh, it says he does football research at SIS and he says he's a reformed homer. Well, his tweet from Saturday was NFL is greater than college football or NFL greater than CFB, college football. People crying about the quarterbacks in the game when we literally watched the game yesterday with Tim Tim Boyle and Tua Tagovailoa. So first of all, I do not appreciate him making a swipe at college football. College football, with all due respect to NFL, I love it. Nothing compares to college football. The atmosphere, the fandom, the tribalism, some of the best out there. One, two questions for you, Jordan. One, what is SIS? I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know either. What, like, is that is somebody going to fill us in uh, on what um, that yeah. means? I don't know. I have no, no idea. SIS. No uh, no Sissy? Oh, I, don't know. I found it. It's Sports Information Solutions. Sports information solutions sounds a little like ISIS. Yeah, kinda. But he recently wrote an article called "Empirically Quantifying the Worst NFL Ones and Duns." So it sounds like one of those knockoffs where they try and use analytics to write articles and sound smart. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to read the article. I just saw it pop up. Second question: Are you ever going to read an article in there on SIS? No. Second question, Jordan. I know Tua had two bad interceptions. Well, one bad interception, one iffy. Who in their right mind is going to put him in the same sentence as Tim Boyle in any sort of comparison other than the fact that they played in the same game? It's just disrespectful. It is disrespectful. disrespectful. That's that's all there is to it. It's disrespectful. Like, you seriously, if you... We say this all the time. If you want to critique Tua, if you want to give him criticism, that is fine. But to put him 
in the same breath as a quarterback who has never had a positive touchdown to interception ratio in his career, whether it be NFL or college. And I'm pretty sure he probably didn't have one in high school either, but I don't know. Let alone someone who only has a career because he is drinking buddies with Aaron Rodgers. How dare you, Bryce Rossler? You have crappy takes. And from the looks of it, you have a crappy website too. I don't know for sure of that, but I'm not going to read the articles either way. But I'm going to finish this by saying, Bryce Rossler, you just made the list just for putting Tim Boyle and Tua in the same sentence. Yeah, that guy doesn't deserve an ounce more of our time. Yep. I'm kind of, that's one of the ones I'm kind of mad we actually gave uh, attention to. Like, you kind of want to because he gives a crappy take, but then you're kind of like, I'm mad that I gave that take attention. But uh, speaking of crappy takes, at some point in the next week or so, I am going to have an article on listpodcast.com as well. I will be uh, doing a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown on Jaden Daniels if everything goes well. Uh, it will be better than my prop bet for the Pac-12 championship game, but I have a feeling I'm going to be a lot closer than everybody gives me credit for. Jordan, what do you want to say before we end this episode? Um, it's just going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to get to go to D.C. this weekend, interact with a lot of Dolphin fans. Um, we're scheduled to go to a couple tailgates. Um, and, and I'm excited to get on the road and see how Dolphin fans feel um, about what we're doing so far this season and what it looks like uh, moving forward. Um, and get to see the team at an away stadium uh, in a game we're supposed to win. Um, so it'll be very, very exciting. I'm I'm super pumped for it, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, and officially this weekend is December football. We are in the home stretch. We can start getting ready, counting down the games to locking up a playoff spot, locking up the vision, and pretty soon, hopefully the number one seed as well. As always, for Jordan, for Zach, my name is Brett. Thank you, as always, to listening to the list. And remember... We are watching. Zach, hit that music.